Peter, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Oh, it's all perfectly legal. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? Behold my greatest creation, Mac. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Busy Playing Something. This is episode 54, and today I am your host, Sean, or Holly DePrawn, and I am joined finally, once again, by the producer himself, Vincent Candelo. Vincent, welcome back. At least we have a professional running the ship now. It's funny that you say professional because I automatically, like, change us to the wrong scene at first and then immediately switch us back. So, yes, my professionalism <laughs> is coming in clutch. The stream deck, it's on the wrong hand, all right? It's feeling really weird. I'm not used to it. But yes, because you're 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 in your new place now, so you're trying to get a feel for everything. Yeah, if you can see the new wonderful decor, I got a nice piece of board at the back. I got a I got a window now. That's exciting, and yeah, I got a nice sick desk that we made. Got got parts and built it together. Not a flat pack thing, kind of like a hard. It was an actual. Felt like a really manly man when I did it, and I was actually, yeah. you know, spent my last like week down the YouTube algorithm looking at like DIY videos because now I want to be you know uh mr fix it i don't know yeah yeah busy building something busy building something welcome to our new channel yeah something like that well yeah. anyway, anyway josh welcome back you're cleaning your glasses uh i don't understand how they've gotten so dirty like why what, what did you what, touch what, them what? did you put like your fingerprints on it or something like that possibly possibly but uh it's great to see yeah Vinny back in the back on the show new house it's great everything's great good. life's good We've got, we've got the three amigos who have returned. Um, so anyway, we'll get started now. I have an icebreaker for you guys, and this is an interesting one. Right, it is it. now been 10 years since the Wii U was officially revealed at E3. 10-year anniversary. That's cool. why the new Switch is going to be called the Wii U 2. You've heard it here <laughs> first. So, okay, so my question to you, with the with knowing the Wii U, it's been 10 years since it was announced, what was the best game that was ever released on the Wii U? I'm going with the nice basic one. I think Mario Kart 8. I was thinking I the exact think same it's thing. pinnacle of Mario Kart and what it offers. Uh, I love they were able to bring in, like, holding multiple items, something that they had in Double Dash on the GameCube, and every, the controls are so tight. Everything's refined. The... The maps are really decent. It had all like DLC that came out later on because Nintendo was starting to work on that sort of thing. And I feel like it's the full package Mario Kart, which they then obviously ported to the Switch because they couldn't think of, uh, what was it, Mario Kart 9 or 10 or whatever they were up yeah. to. Vinny, you reckon Mario Kart 8 as well? Or do you have another game in mind? No, I think Mario Kart 8 is definitely up there or uh, Super Mario 3D World was... Yep. Yeah, was... That's a mate, an amazing game. Like probably one of the best Mario games, other than Odyssey. So yeah, it's yeah. a three D platforming four player. Yeah, just co op with the cat suits. Fun for the whole family, or you know, uh, what's it called? The Nintendo Land. <laughs> nah, ah, uh, but Nintendo Land was all right. Yeah, it was Josh, good. What do you think? I could be a cop out and say Breath of the Wild, right? But um, <laughs> I really like Tropical Freeze. Yeah, yeah I, don't I don't know if that's like 
the pinnacle of Wii U games. Like, I agree, Mario Kart 8, there's, there's others up there. But um, I guess, yeah, Breath of the Wild, obviously. But for me personally, it's Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Yeah. You know, this will be the... If Nintendo don't release a Mario Kart game on the Switch, it'll be the first, like, generation to not have a dedicated Mario Kart game in, like, 30 years. I don't, I don't think, think, they I think they will. Exactly. So it's, this is, yeah. this is, it's like a big, it's like a big thing. Yeah, it's a big yeah. deal. Mario Kart 8 was so good that they ported it to the Switch and they're like, you know what? We don't need to improve. It's already the best. Yeah. Same thing's going to happen with Smash, right? Like this, they've got a rare opportunity where it's like, Wii U was so small, like 15 million units is so tiny of an install base that they could re-release these games and it's like brand new again. And, you know, yeah. they added multiplayer to Mario Party after it's been out for two years and it's fine, right? Because they're like, well, yeah. it's good. Let's just build upon that. And what's a new one going to look like? Like a new Mario Kart 8, What? why it'll run on the same engine, it's on the same hardware. Just What can they do yeah. differently? Yeah, you've got 30 million. Yeah, there's like, what, 32, 34 million Mario Kart 8s out there? Yeah, something like that. It's ridiculous. Um, and I, I did actually think, like, you know, Super Smash Brothers would have been, uh, you know, the best game on the Wii U, but... Even still, they've they've managed to do better with uh, Ultimate for the Switch. Yeah. So they were awesome. able to improve on that. Um, but anyway, so that's a nice little icebreaker for those of you at home. 10-year uh, anniversary for the Wii U. So we've got a big show planned. Uh, it's mostly PlayStation-centric, as, uh, which is a big <laughs> surprise. Um, so PlayStation had their investor call uh, during the week, so we're going to uh, dissect that. Yes, Josh? I was just going to say, just so you guys know, because I've, I've been called out multiple times as some sort of fanboy on this thing Ooh, from this PlayStation fanatic. News fanatic. I don't put the spreadsheet, the document together, okay? Anymore. Anymore. So yeah. if there's PlayStation News on here, don't look to me as if I built it. It's all short. We didn't even mention your name, but if, well, I guess if the boot fits. Like... It's coming. The question would be coming, I'm sure. All right. So, so anyway, we'll get into what we're playing. Josh, are you playing anything on the PlayStation right now? <laughs> of course I am. I'm going to play on my Wii U. No, uh, yeah, I've been playing a little bit, uh, working my way through the first Mass Effect uh, on the Legendary Collection. First time playing through. I played for a bit, put it down. I'm like, oh, man, this game's old. I think I spoke about it yeah, last, week, last yeah. week. And then something hit me, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it another go. And now I'm about 10 hours in. It's clicked. I'm starting to, you know, really familiarize myself with the characters and what's going on. Like the story's so big, it's it's crazy to think like Mass Effect, right, wasn't based on books or movies or a TV show. Like the world, the characters, it's all been created by Bioware, and it's like self-contained. I think that's probably yeah. the thing that's surprised me the most. Like obviously the gameplay is dated, right? The inventory system is dated. The facial animations, my God, Shepard looks <laughs> like he's dead. He's like a corpse. That keeps talking. But, yeah, I'm playing through that. And then I downloaded the Scarlet Nexus demo, which has just come available on PlayStation. And it's Is that like the a... anime Devil May Cry? Yes. That's okay, exactly, yeah. exactly it. And it plays kind of like a, like a, I wouldn't say Bayonetta. It reminds me more of Astral Chain. Um, it's, yeah. And it's not just because of the anime style. But, yeah, I, I played through that. And that's really good. I'll probably buy that when, when it comes out. It's a... PS4, Xbox One game that's obviously available next gen, but doesn't have a native version at launch. But I'd recommend it. I had fun. All right, Vinny, you've uh, you've settled into your new house, so yes. you've obviously you've been doing that. So you haven't been playing too many games. However, it's the start of a new month. Yes. Let, let me guess. You're back at League. 
I am. I had a good sesh yesterday. We won four games in a row and then we just, and then we lost one and then we stopped. But I like literally like haven't played in a month and win four games in a row just like that. So you know what? The game missed me and they wanted to reward me being like, oh, you've been gone for so long. Here's some, take the wins, get promoted to goal three. I'm like, yes, excellent. Here's some scrubs. Yeah. <laughs> and then I've actually been st started playing Knockout City during that month off. So uh, yeah, yes. really good game. It's essentially three on three dodgeball with yeah, some flashy moves and nice indie game. Um, a lot of fun. Good, good connection. Like free on Game Pass. Like Harry Potter's free on Netflix, as some might say. So obviously you got to pay for Game Pass, but it's you know it's a definitely it's a good Game Pass game, as we say here on this channel. But I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun, and I'm definitely going to keep come back to it. The thing I like most about it is is that the games probably go. It's a best of three round, but the whole game probably goes for like eight minutes total. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It's not so bad. It'd be actually really good for us three to play it. Like, because it's a three on three team. It'd be cool for us three to play it on stream. If only uh, someone put it in the games to play. I did Discord actually. Chat. Oh, did you? I did that as well. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, for those of you at home, we've got a little group where we can pick games that we, we should play together. And you both did. Well, it never, never gets looked at. Yeah, I know. Never gets looked at. <laughs> I am curious. How, did, how was the whole move? How, how did you go with the boxing and putting things unboxing? Is it, was it, you know, it was, I'm assuming it would be exciting. I haven't done it in a while, but tell me a little bit. How how did it feel leaving uh, mum and dad? <laughs> yeah, they were. It's a bit of an empty nester kind of feel for them. Mm. But I'm. I actually didn't bring any of my like figurines or anything with me. I kind of left it all there. Um, I'm sleeping on a mattress on the floor right now because my bed hasn't been delivered because I've upgraded from a king single to a queen. Ah, uh, before I'm thirty. Moving up. Look at that. Moving up in the world. <laughs> I moved out before I was 30 as well. Give that a big tick. Yep. It's evolution. Yeah, it is. Um, and yeah, but it was, it was interesting. I did a lot of trips up and back. Cause I was like, oh, mm -hmm. oh man, I need this. Oh, I forgot this. Oh, yeah. can't forget about this. And then things that you don't even realize you need where I was just like, oh my, as if I don't have a potato peeler in this house. Um, that, that was the thing. We were like, oh, I need a spatula. Like, Oh, yeah. We don't have a spatula. I'm gonna go get a spatula. Like, like just little things. Scissors. Just, I remember scissors. Yeah. I'm like the, the big, the big one that I've been missing. I haven't even. I still haven't got one yet since I moved into this house. Is a whisk. You can get away if it's for eggs. You can use a fork. But if no, you whisk but, in like some sort of dessert, I agree. You do need. Yeah. No, but you use a like when I make my um my spag bowl. Uh, you whisk the um the mince together. Like it breaks it apart easier. Oh yeah, yeah. Like never done that in my life. Oh, it's well, kind of it, just like to break it up a little. Yeah, it breaks it up. So that way it's not chunks and it cooks evenly. Yeah. Hmm. There you go. Okay, anyway, just busy cooking something. Yeah, busy cooking something. Tell you, we've got, <laughs> yeah, we got so something. many channels. We've got to put a pattern on all these channels before someone else takes yeah. it. If you're busy doing something, no pun intended, but if you, you know. <laughs> you're busy doing up. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, anyway, thanks for asking, boys. But uh, I've actually finished uh, <laughs> Assassin's Creed Rogue Remastered. So 100% of it. And that's all the collectibles, the story, the whole everything. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a challenge, but finally got it all done. So, uh, yeah, pat on the back to me. Uh, I've now picked up Horizon. Here we go. So I've started on Horizon and I'm swapping between that and uh, Dead Island. 
Ooh, so yeah. so the the one before um dying light so i got the i got the remastered double for um dead island and dead island riptide like ages ago and so now i'm i'm w- working my way through those while also doing horizon i want to i want to fi- finish horizon soon though i want to be able to finish it you know, in the next two or three months so that way you know i've got time to kind of not think about it before the second one comes out um which enjoying it uh so far it just it feels like a huge game oh it's the and that's the and that's why i've put it aside for so long it's because i'm just i don't want to get stuck into a game for like 60 hours and i'm play- that's the only thing i'm playing for a couple of months like i like to have a little bit of variety in my life mm. and I so think- uh yeah i've been kind of turned away mm. it is an rpg i think it's closer to I'm trying to remember when i played it back then i think it was like 40 30 to 40 hours it's so it's yeah it's breath of the wild on playstation and now on pc mm. yeah honestly yeah well i'll be hoping to uh to finish it by i think end of july i reckon that that's my goal at the moment yeah nice. mm-hmm. uh, but anyway we're um we'll look we'll, we'll move on uh <laughs> now we're going to look at some games that are coming out uh this coming week so we've got a couple of big titles now so last week it was a little bit quiet this week we've uh we've upgraded some might mm-hmm. say uh no, pardon me. On the 8th of June, Chivalry 2 is coming. Now, Chivalry, you guys wouldn't have played it. I actually no. did play the first one. Sh- yeah, Chivalry, yeah, Medieval yeah, Warfare, Warfare, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yep, so uh, the second Chivalry is coming, and that's um, available on uh, multi-platform, so console PC and all that, instead of just PC. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of looking forward to it, like during uh, doing the medieval reenactment battles and all that sort of stuff that I do. A lot of the people play like mountain blade and chivalry and these sorts of games and it's it's very easy to kind of pull people in like have you guys heard anything about it? so obviously Vinny, you've played the first one you thought it was all right yeah it was like when i played it just got a little bit hectic when you because it's first person obviously so you're just running around with like a sword and a shield trying to hack and slash people and then so you don't know someone else is coming from behind you it's like it's really hard to do close combat first person but it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. and yeah. like when the game started getting too serious i'm just like i'm out i'm out but yeah, now, Josh, you didn't play it. Not my cup of tea. No, no, no it's because it's because it's uh, multiplayer. So no. Yeah. Exactly. Um, anyway, <laughs> also, uh, so on the tenth of June, so next week, late, uh, so mid next week or so, Ooh. we have. I'm gonna say Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. So the Ninja Gaiden or Ninja Gaiden? I think it's Ninja Gaiden. Um, the Master Collection is coming. So this is the Sigma Collection. Uh, so not the original Xbox One. It's all the recent ones from PS3 and that sort of stuff. So. I, they're very hard games uh, from those people who I have heard play it. I haven't played any of the newer ones. I've played the uh, the older, like the Xbox one, not even the older ones. Ah, uh, the uh, NES yeah. ones. Oof, they're, yeah, they're I, tough I, too. I didn't touch those ones, but um, I've heard they're tough. Uh, are you guys interested in getting it, Josh? Uh, I played, I remember playing the original Sigma on Xbox back in the day, believe it or not. Uh, it's a great collection. They're great games. It's um, surprisingly... On, on the two games releasing on that day, like, this is Team Ninja, right? This is the guys that are now doing the new Final Fantasy game. So yeah. they went from this to Neo. So they're a great studio. They're a great bunch of games. If you haven't played them, play them, but know that they are difficult. But they're not difficult in the Demon Souls, Dark Souls sense. It's fast-paced, but just grueling combat. Okay. Vinny, are you going to pick it up? I... Mm. On Switch too. Yeah, nah, probably not for me. Like I did, I did play the first one on the NES, and that was 
yeah by played not beat played because <laughs> it was very very hard um but it's it is good fun and yeah it's like what josh said the games are the games aren't punishing like demon souls is it's just it's hard in terms of you know getting your jump right doing missing the timing making the timing here and there it's not it's not punishing like demon souls so it's a very okay. it's an old school type of hard game mm. as opposed to a you know new ais and all that stuff but speaking of, of, speaking mm. of new ais and uh and uh, old retro games uh final fantasy 7 remake intergrade is also releasing on the same day so 10th of june next week so this is the ps5 version of the remake which has all the uh well the i think it's the one extra story uh, DLC, which is yeah. the dlc yes so you can if you do have the original so if you bought the disc version of the original it's basically getting a digital upgrade of it if you do put it in a ps5 but you just don't get that extra story content if you did get Final Fantasy VII Remake as the free game the other month, that won't upgrade. That's a no for me. So they are milking Final Fantasy VII right now to a T. And yeah, Josh, you did mention earlier. Um, I'm Team Ninja. On the team, team Ninja are uh, working on the next Final Fantasy game. So it's interesting that they're both yeah releasing on the same day. But okay, you guys have played the PS4 version, right? Yes. Twice. Yeah. Will you be getting the PS5 version? It'll be three times for me, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, because I want to see this, the Yuffie story and integrate. I know I'm going to be I'm going to be like 45 years old where they finally finish the Final Fantasy VII story. That's what I feel like. Because it's been, I think we what, called it... Yeah. 20, what is it? They, they said they're going to be at least four parts and then it's been, what, two years since one? Yeah. Something like uh, that, yeah. Came out last year during lockdown, April 10th. Yeah, 2020. Yeah. So oh, it's yeah, just true. over a year. Yeah, yeah, last year was a long year. It was. I think uh, I think Josh and I mentioned uh, on the podcast last week, uh, possibly 2030, the entire game will be out. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't think it's going to be as long as people expect. Nomura's no. out of it. He's not. He's 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 kind of overseeing it, but he isn't the creative mind behind it. So I don't know. The first game took five years, but they had a different developer working on it. And they started from scratch, kind of halfway through. So I I, I think we'll get one every three years every two to three years yeah i don't think it'll be four yeah that could yeah three i don't know three to four so 2030 so 2030 yeah probably (laughs) um now, I I haven't played the PS4 version, even though we did get it for free the other month, because I've been holding out for the PS5 version. I want to be able to experience it for the first time, because I haven't played it. I haven't played any of the Final Fantasy VII games besides um, Crisis Core. That was so good. So I'm very interested to play this for the first time, using the power of the PlayStation 5, everything upgrade and all that sort of stuff, get the Yuffie story, dive into that whole rabbit hole. So I will be getting it as well. So it looks Isn't like all three of us will be getting it. Ratchet and Clank coming out June uh, June 11th. Oh, so that would be the week after. The week after. So oh, we God. will talk about that next week. You're a what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I have to play. What are you going to do? You're going to be patient. But uh, while you're patient, we're going to jump into the shoe report. Well, let's see if this works. Hopefully it works. I can't yes. tell. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Now, um, we've also got a quick question in the chat. Uh, Josh, what's with the glasses? I'm trying a new look. No, uh, I've just I've got migraines from work. Staring at this screen all day, you know what I'm saying? Like, just spreadsheets and then Twitter and things are happening, and I have to, yeah. Just... All right, you need to get outside before you get some square eyes. But anyway, so the first big story that's got is 
there was a state of play last week for Horizon Forbidden West. It was about 17 to 18 minutes of pure gameplay, uh, including some uh, cinematic cutscenes and all that sort of stuff. They showed a bunch of new changes from the original game, which now I know that they're changes, so I'm not expecting to play those in my playthrough of uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, but excitement is definitely there. So, guys, I want to ask you, are you excited for the new Horizon? Now, Josh, I'll go to you first. You've played the first one. I'm sure you love it. Before you get started, what do you no, think? No, I'm, I'm actually going to stop right there. I think I'm interested to hear your thoughts first. As someone who's currently playing the original, yep. obviously, like you said, you can see the difference between the two. How are you feeling about this? Um, see how I spun that back on you? <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's good. No, it's good. Uh, it's, it's, it's a different perspective because I think a lot of people who have been play who are excited for Horizon um, Forbidden West have played Horizon Zero Dawn already. I'm I'm intrigued by it. I think that in my playthrough of Zero Dawn, I'm going to miss things like, you know, the scan to see where you can climb on rocks and that sort of stuff. Um, the fact that it's now moving to like, you know, rainforests and and like underwater and that sort of stuff like it looked gorgeous compared to playing zero dawn now where okay i'm still in like the starting area i'm about to get out of the starting area but it just it looks very bland mm. the area doesn't like comp in comparison in comparison yeah so yeah in comparison like the, the game itself looked good and then i saw the state of uh the state of play and it's like oh wow like they're, they're really taking a step up so i like the world that they've created and it's interesting now knowing that, oh, they're going to basically San Francisco uh, area, but in the future. Yeah, that kind of spoils the old game. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that spoils the old game. Um, I, I figured that, like, because I'm, I'm playing uh, Horizon at the moment. I'm like, hang on a sec. Like, if, if it's snowing and all that sort of stuff, there's, there's mixed colors, like, in terms of, like, races of people and all that sort of stuff, which if you're going through an evolution thing, whatever. But, like... How is everyone here? Why is there machines? And she's using a bow and arrow. It doesn't make sense. And so obviously you, you're going to piece that together through the first game. Basically, the second game has just blown that out of the water and just yeah. told you exactly, effectively through you know through the dotted lines, like exactly what's going on. But uh, I'm, I'm still interested. I still want to play the first one because I want to know how they get to that stage. Because uh, really as far good. as I know, the first Horizon is all about uh, Aloy and you know her history. And then it goes to something like the bigger picture in the second game. The that's my that's my initial take. Mm. Uh, so, Josh, I'll throw back to you. Are you excited for it? I am so excited. I am ready. And you're right in some of the senses, right? Like the the, the big lure of the first game was the idea of like, okay, you know, we're clearly in a tribalistic world. Everyone's got bow and arrows and, and sticks and stuff. However, there's giant robot dinosaurs. So where are we in the timeline? What's going on? So a lot of the first games around... Aloy's journey, right? She wants to become a brave. She wants to know about her parents and what's going on there. So it's her personal journey on top of the world building that gets to where we are today. Yeah. So they did spoil a lot of that. In terms of excitement, like, I am excited. Um, uh, you know, Gorilla jumping from Killzone to Horizon is, is a move not a lot of developers can do. Like, it's not easy to go from first-person shooters your entirety of the last 10 years and then jump to an open-world action RPG and hit the ground running. And, and I think Horizon's like the next Uncharted. Like, Aloy is um, the next Nathan Drake. And I actually noticed a lot. I don't know if this was a demo thing, because developers do do this during kind of press conferences. They'll amp up the characters talking 
Like Aloy, yeah. I, I don't remember Aloy talking to herself as much as she did in this demo. She's like, ah, oh, shit. Oh, this like very Nathan Drakey. Yeah. Um, yeah. The game looks beautiful, right? We know, um, you know, probably running on a new version of Decima, but from a design perspective, it looks gorgeous. So I'm excited. I'm excited to play it. Also, Aloy reminds me a lot of Tomb Raider, like Lara, Lara Croft, Croft Tomb Raider in the Tomb Raider. Yeah, in the Tomb Raider games, she's talking to herself the entire time. Mm. Which is, you know, um, Lara it, Croft, Nathan Drake. Same yeah, same. yeah. So there's a bit of same same there. Uh, Vinny, are you excited for uh, Horizon Forbidden West now that you are a new PlayStation Five owner? Although that doesn't actually matter now. <laughs> yeah, I would say I'd be more excited if it was done exclusively on the PS Five now. Just knowing that you what you can do to a native game compared to one that you have to support for both platforms. I mean, we see Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, you know, being a thing. Remember that game? That absolute, oh, yeah. that absolute uh, shit show. But um, one of the one of the chat members, a lot of snow. I like the I like the trailer. I did like the snowfall from that. But it's actually making me want to play the original game, me which too. my housemate I could say that now has a copy. So I'll probably be starting that fairly soon because I was just awesome. looking at the trailer. I'm like, wow, this thing is pretty. And I I was getting similar vibes to Breath of the Wild what i was getting there in terms of the gameplay like what i was seeing you know taking out the big giant the way she was hovering um she was sailing down on a like wind sail mm. thing yeah. there was um a lot of similarities but also if you know it's a they do that because that formula works and it's leading to amazing games so why wouldn't you want to pick it up and play it yeah now we'll take a step back from the actual gameplay itself they announced and I think this is actually a really big announcement um, in terms of PlayStation and what they're doing going forward. And that is that Horizon Forbidden West is also coming to PlayStation 4. So it's not a PlayStation 5 exclusive. It's a PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 game. Now, we've we've heard a little bit about uh, God of War 2, so God of War Ragnarok, as it's possibly known as, uh, as well as uh, Gran Turismo 7, which... Josh, you'll talk about on a on a YouTube video in the next couple of days, so I won't go too much into that. But it looks like PlayStation is doing a trend where they they were hyping up these big PlayStation Five exclusives, and now all of a sudden they're no longer exclusive; they're available for both consoles. Now, I guess I see it as one of two ways: they're either looking at it where not many people are getting a PS Five in their hands, so they want these games to reach the widest audience possible. But on the the flip side to that. Does that mean that we're getting, you know, the, the argument of a less of a product if it's releasing for, you know, a, a generation before and the generation after? Like, it's got to kind of hit certain benchmarks and are we getting a lesser product overall? Uh, Vinny, what do, you, what do you think overall? Like, what's, what, what is, what's your take from it? I think it's both. I mean, I understand that they're trying to hit more of the market because PS4s have, what, over 100 million, you know, console soul yeah. yeah so why would you not release it to this market that has 115 potential you know sell one for one or even like one for five and sell 20 million units on this console and then also sell it for the 7.5 million units for the people who have ps5s and have nothing to play on it so you're getting you're hitting both markets so yeah capitalizing market like our um their profits and we said it together, like Sony's a small, PlayStation's a small studio that have the backing of Microsoft. So they they definitely want to mac maximize what they can produce in terms of profitability. But that being said, 
like I said with Cyberpunk, you're going to be getting a game not optimized for the PS5 and the what can really push the boundaries of that console. Which, yeah. that being said, I don't think we'll see till probably three, four years into the PS5 when you'll see, like we saw with The Last of Us um, Part 1 on the PS3, you're like, wow, this is amazing. And then it obviously got re-released on PS4. It was like the very end of the console's life is when you start seeing those amazing like 10 out of 10 games. Like we saw God of War and then yeah, Last of Us again. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Like games that are so good that they just they'll just port it to the next console because it's that good. Like Mario Kart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, now, Josh, do you think that this is going to be a trend that we're going to see for a period of time in terms of these PlayStation exclusives? Get my glasses lowered. All right, while I while I talk through this, I'm like Unz- a that. Uh... <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. Wait, I'll get we'll get that copyrighted for something. Um, so. There's a lot there. Yeah, there was a lot in your question, right? Yeah. And um, to kind of go through it from the start, and, and I don't blame anyone for missing this because it was buried in the lead, but Horizon was always announced for PS5 and PS4. So during the June showcase event, when they showed it, right at the end, under the small text, coming to PS4. That was yeah. the first one confirmed. We didn't know about God of War and Gran Turismo until today. No. So we knew that. Horizon 2 also started development as a PS4 game and then got up ported to PS5. So Horizon first game 2017. So they were in development for the sequel and then you know, obviously PS5 is coming out. They they work up. So this game I can nearly exclude from the conversation I'm gonna have on YouTube around God of War and Gran Turismo, right? Yep. Um but it is a tough thing to juggle because in a sense Sony has never backed their previous console this much. Generally, like you go to PS4 and games like Infamous and Knack and all that, like that they weren't coming to PS3. And it is a different world now where games are costing a lot more. The system architectures are very similar and they can do it. Um, but to, to, you know, the cyberpunk point, there is that too, but I don't think we're going to see that, especially with Horizon, because again, it started off as a PS4 game. And because it's Sony first party, yeah. they're only building on their own platform. It's not like they need to worry about uh, what's the Xbox One going to do versus the Series X versus the yeah. Series S. It's just those two platforms. Am I surprised they're doing this? No. To your your points, right? Like 115 PS4s out there, 115 million PS4s <laughs> out there and 7.8 PS5s. I, I see that. I do take a little bit of umbrage with this whole kind of re-releasing on PS4 thing because there are now more PS5s in the wild after a year or after the same period of time that there were PS4s. Not by much. Like PS4 was like 7.4 million or 7.6 million. 7.6. And we're at, 7.6. Yeah, and we're at, we're at 7.8. So it's not marginally, you know, it's not a huge number, but there is more PS5s out there than PS4. The demand for it's a lot higher. That's why it seems like you can't get any. Um, so Horizon, I, I can kind of see, like we think about what, what next gen can bring and, um, you know, I get your point, right? Like it's going to take a few years, but even Sean, like you, now that you've played Returnal, right, we're going to get Ratchet and Clank. We, we've now seen what those things could be. Yeah. And fortunately, I think with Sony first party, they can implement PS5 features exclusively. Like, um, the PS4 version of this game obviously won't have the instant loading, won't have all the updated Happy visuals, triggers. but, but yeah. it'll also not have any, it won't have any of the, the controller support. It'll just be the, the standard controller. So they can tweak, you know, the games to, to jump as well. And you'll see in the last, uh, I think in the last few weeks, Spider-Man, Miles Morales jumped back up in the charts. And that was because a whole stack of PS5s were available. 
And what do people buy? Spider-Man. And that's why we were having that kind of quote-unquote argument at the start where, you know, is it a PS4 game? And I said, no, well, people think Spider-Man PS5 and it just bumps back up. So Horizon's going to have that same thing. You will get PS4 people buying it, but if you didn't own a PS4 and you brought a PS5, you're not going to see Horizon and go, oh, it's a PS4 game. I'm going to get something that's exclusively next-gen because it will feel next-gen when you play it. You'll just get the PS5 version. You'll get the PS, yeah, yeah, and it'll feel like you're not you're not going to play it and go, oh, this feels held back, yeah. um, in any way. Games, I think that are next gen only need, they have to be designed specifically to take advantage of SSD and those features for them to feel held back. Like imagine a, um, you know, a Returnal where the the the, the, the hook with Returnal is you die and it's you're back in the gameplay in seconds. If that included a thirty second wait. Because the runs were so long, it, you would, kill, the, it would kill the game. You put the controller down and be like, that's enough for tonight. But because you're back in straight away, that's the next-gen hook. And then the controller and the sound and all that. So if they can tie all that in, I'm not surprised they're, they're releasing on PS4 because the install base is just so big. Yeah. All right. But otherwise, we're not going to end it on a, on a d- disappointing note or anything like that. So out of the, the state of play reveal, what's our biggest take out of it? So, Vinny, I'll go to you first. What was the what was the biggest thing you took away from watching this 17, 18 minutes of gameplay of Horizon Forbidden West? I just kept look I just kept seeing like, wow, this game is so detailed that I actually want to play the first one. Like I thought also I'm like, like, how have I not played the first one? And then talking to my my housemate now, um, he's like, Oh, it's like, yeah, you've when when I first watched him play it, I was like, "This game's good. I got to pick it up." And I just never did. And then it was just pain, you know, triggering those memories back in my head. Like, why didn't I ever pick it up? Because I was playing League of Legends. That's why. Because it was Zelda. free last month on PlayStation Plus. Yeah, and I always forget these. <laughs> I know Slay the Spire is Slay the Spire is free this month, so I will buy that because I like that game. But yes. of the Wild took a lot out of I think like that year, twenty seventeen. Yeah, that was the a good conversation. Year. And then they launched very close at the same time, right? Like March. So it was like two open world juggernauts out at the same time. And a that lot of people did play. Hours. Yeah, yeah. And one was Zelda. And one yeah. was, yeah, Zelda. One had a, ba- a backed, yeah. established IP. Franchise, yeah. Yeah. All right. But Josh, me, what was your biggest was, takeaway? And you'll you'll appreciate this, Sean, because you're playing it now. The combat, like the, um, not the bow and arrow combat, the um, melee combat. Yep. hugely improved from the, the first game. Like the worst part of the first game was fighting humans. Like anytime you have to fight, a, you know, like a camp of people, that was always the weirdest part of it. Like the combat in this, obviously taking a lot of cues from God of War, seemed stylish. As soon as I saw that like special move where like, it was like an anime thing, which like triggers yeah. it and does all that. Like that stuff looks really cool. Um, so that was my biggest takeaway. I said the, you know, the melee combat is going to be well improved. Yeah. What about you? I think my biggest takeaway isn't actually about the game itself. My biggest takeaway is that we've had a couple of state of plays recently. One was focused mostly primarily on Ratchet and Clank. And now we've got this one, which has been primarily focused on Horizon. I, I think that's going to be what uh, PlayStation do in the future. I don't think we're going to get state of plays as we thought they were, where it's like, hey, here's an update for the next three months, almost like a, a little Nintendo Direct sort of thing. Yeah. I think they're going to tailor their state of plays to their major AAA releases 
and have them as like their dedicated. own little intro shows. Yeah, dedicated shows, like all about building the hype for these games. Um, like the Ratchet and Clank one came out, you know, a month ago or so, and we were all like, oh yeah, Ratchet and Clank one's coming soon. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Th this one's come out. We don't really have a release date. We're hoping it's the end later this year. Could be pushed to early next year. But the fact that they've been able to do this, what a week before, um, a week before E3, mm -hmm. so they could have saved this and and done it during E3 or or something like that. But I think PlayStation's got uh, something else in mind for something like that, and we'll talk about that actually in our next topic. So our next topic, and this is a, this is our major one for today. So if you like PlayStation, well, sit tight because uh, we're still going to be talking about it. This is the PlayStation uh, PlayStation Investor Call. So basically, PlayStation held um, their investors call earlier this week, and there's a couple of little details that we can take out of it. So I'll go through a couple of um, the statistics or like the little points that I found out, and we'll ask a question and we'll discuss these kind of like we'll break it down so that way yeah. it's not a whole huge chunk of information right at you so the key ones the playstation 5 as we've as josh mentioned earlier has sold 7.8 million units so far now in the same time frame in the ps4's life cycle it was 7.6 million so obviously there is that increase there now the ps5 is currently selling at a loss which we all expect for consoles yep um, now sony expects the ps5 standard edition so not the digital edition the standard edition with the disc drive uh to break even from june and then make a profit soon after. Now, this isn't necessarily about, you know, buying the console and, and the pricing and all that sort of stuff. It's all about buying software and accessories and everything like that. If you, yeah, everything else. Like, if you have a console in your house, eventually that profit will start turning on from June onwards. Uh, and then the next one, which I want to talk about. Now, Sony has 48 million paying PlayStation Plus subscribers. Now, to put that in comparison with something like Xbox, so Xbox Live has around 100 million as of December 2020, as Game Pass has about 18 million, and that's about in the last week or so. So that's where we're at. Now, 48 million people paying for PlayStation Plus, which is the online subscription. You get your free games every month. There's all these perks that Sony's bringing out. There's, they've got like a, a new achievement-based uh, competition, like worldwide competition challenge at the moment or something like that uh, for trophies. Now, do we think that Sony would be happy with this PlayStation Plus subscriber number? So 48 million, as we said, is a lot. It's going to start growing, especially with more PS5s out there in the wild. But do we think that Sony feels like they're in a really good position right now? So, Vinny, what do you think? I mean, it's pretty much what that is just under 40% in terms of like PS... When you add like PS4 and PS5 units, it's probably just under 40% mm. of those people have... Yeah, 40, 45, yeah. Yeah. That... For me, for for a service that hasn't been around too long, where you, you if you compare it to Xbox Live, which has been around since like the very early early days yeah, of the 360, 360. Well, Xbox, the original Xbox. And to note too, like Xbox Live, it, it, like these aren't PSN users. This yeah. is no. PlayStation Plus, so it's like yeah, gold versus yeah, yeah. So something that's had Xbox Live, which has been around, yeah, like I said, even the original Xbox launching in early days. So. To be at this pace with only PS4 and PS5 now, I think mm. is really, really good for them. I mean, to have just under 40% or, you know, you, ideally they'd probably, in the next two years, they want to get to over 50% in a dream situation, probably close to 60. And I think with games becoming, A, having a digital console, 
being released would automatically probably push up that need to have a PlayStation Plus subscription because you'll be getting free games every month, easily downloadable, all fine. And then also just everyone being more dependent on the internet than they were with a PS4 console. PS5s mm-hmm. are more demanding on the internet. We are more demanding on the internet as a civilization. So I think not only the PS Plus subscribers will grow, but Xbox and Game Pass will also grow. Everyone will just see an increase because services are booming right now. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Josh, what, like, what's your take on this? Now, we've when we say Xbox Live and you know, 100 million, all that sort of stuff, Xbox Live was a paid service early on. Obviously, it changed to gold. So it, it's a little yeah. bit hard to make a direct comparison, and I'm sure you're aware of that. But you reckon Sony's happy where they're at? Oh, yeah, of course. Just think about the revenue they're bringing in just on a monthly counter, right, without actually having to do anything. And I think they have made a clear... When Game Pass came in, right, I think Sony's current play is let's bolster PlayStation Plus, and that's become their real thing. And I've spoken about it before. Like The lineup since PS5's launch, you've been getting game after game after game, um, and they're all, all of... or most of them are of high quality, and we've had a lot of games launching into PlayStation Plus, which we've never really had before. So I think they can continue to get that number up, right? Like, I think the the rate of PlayStation Plus subscribers that are buying PS5. So, you know, for every five PS5s purchased, four of those are joining PlayStation Plus. And that yeah. number's increased from what was happening with PS4. So to Vinny's point, people are just naturally, we don't think about it anymore. Like there was a point where I used to not play online and it's like, well, do I need PlayStation Plus, right? Back, you know, PS4, where the games weren't the greatest. I'm like, do I really need it? But now we we live in a culture and a world where subscription services are second nature. Um, and to Vinny's point, like Vinny's probably playing PlayStation Plus, but he's not downloading Horizon because he's just it's there. It's just a membership that you pay for, and you you you're in there. So yeah. like you know, you think about all the games. I used to do this thing where I used to count. This is how Dorky used to be back on PS3. Oh, yeah. I used to count all the games that they used to get for free, tally up the total of if I was to purchase those games, and then work out where. You know, am I making money? You know, not really because I'm still paying something. But like, am I, am I better off having PlayStation Plus than I was to buy all these games? And you were like, you'd make your money back in a few months. Yeah. So I think they're happy, but there is definitely room to continue to grow this. Hundred percent. Okay. Now, uh, before I get to the next point, which I think is a really key point, I'll have a quick look at the the comment section. So uh, for those of you in the chat watching this live on Twitch. Don't worry, we are keeping an eye on that chat. So uh, firstly, we've got who will have the best E3 showing. Um, well, that's that's going to be up for debate. I think we're going to be talking about that next week because uh, that's going to be our E3 intro show. So, uh, old Craig, hang on to that question for uh, next week. Uh, El Nido, if Sony, Sony dropped a Game Pass-style service for their first-party studio games, it would do gangbusters. Well, funny you mention that because uh, that's something that we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later in this segment. Um, and it, I wouldn't say gangbusters is the way that it's going, but um, it's, it's doing okay. It's trundling along. <laughs> but anyway, I think the key point for this investor call, uh, and this is, a, this is a great quote. So Sony has gone on to talk about beyond console. Now, you'll start to hear you know, reminiscence of uh, Xbox a couple of years ago. So a transformation from PlayStation's current console-centric ecosystem to a future where large elements of our community extend beyond the console. Sounds familiar. Which sounds very familiar. Now, 
Sony is obviously trying to create a larger ecosystem now, which is outside of the console. Now, if we want to take this literally in terms of, you know, it's software and hardware and all that sort of stuff, mobile and PC are basically where we're sitting at. But I'm pretty sure that there's going to be other avenues that they're looking at that aren't just necessarily merchandise. Now, Vinny, what else do you reckon besides mobile and PC? Do you reckon there's anything that would be different? And if not, do you reckon mobile or PC would be the way to go? Anything that would be different. I mean, it'd be interesting having an app on another console. That'd be an interesting one. Mm. But in terms of whether it's mobile or PC, if I had to choose, I would choose mobile and I would choose legacy content and not new stuff. So it would be almost like how people have those emulation stations um, that that are able to play all these ROMs it would and emulators it would be a similar service to that but playing old school retro games but legally and available to download and readily accessible because i feel like a lot of people want to see that i would love to play ape escape handheld you know yeah you could get a psp (laughs) (laughs) yeah with it being supported today okay yeah, I think the mobile one's going to be a little bit tricky, especially with this uh, Apple versus Epic uh, thing that's in the if, background at the moment. If Epic wins, though, that would be the green light for a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, Josh, slightly different question for you. So mm-hmm. mobile and PC are obviously possibilities, but overall, what is PlayStation exactly saying with this sort of quote? Let Go me on. take you back to PlayStation's investors' call from 2007 to 2009. Is this they when uh, this... Yoshida was in? Is this him? Uh, Yoshida was around, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. They had Just this there. mentality called One Sony, which is something that they've all always tried to play. And that was, you know, when we saw, even later than that, you look at Uncharted 3 when they pushed 3D and 3D TVs and all that, like that was their One Sony thing. So what they're trying to do beyond console would be PlayStation Studios, the new you know, the TV and movie arm, and we're already seeing that. We've got Ghost of Tsushima, I think, TV show, her, um, Last, of Us. Last of Us HBO show, Uncharted, Uncharted movie. But that that's that's a push, right? And if they can get that right, it could work um, because a lot of these franchises that they're building in, in the, the first party are blockbusters, right? That's all. That's what they, they kind of do. So that's going to be one push. Um, secondly, in, earlier this year, Sony was hiring for a head of mobile in Sony Interactive Entertainment, so specifically for PlayStation and Worldwide Studios. So they're definitely going to go down that route. Um, and that is easily something that they'll do. Now, mobile games, I don't don't think Temple Run, don't think anything like that, because mobiles now have the ability to run pretty capable games. So that's, yeah. that's one avenue they're going to go down. And to Vinny's point, legacy stuff makes perfect sense. If you can... You know, we're seeing that with um, Final Fantasy VII, right? The Forever Crisis, uh, where it's converting kind of the original game into a mobile game. So yeah. that's that's an avenue. So you've got I'm keen for that uh, game. mobile, you've got TV movies, and then obviously PC. And they even spoke about that today with the interview. Um, you will see Sony push heavily into PC. Um, the floodgates are open. If Uncharted 4 does come to PC, that is... Maybe Last of Us would be the floodgates because I think that's like their big one, but Uncharted 4 is very close to breaking those floodgates. That That is them saying we're here to, to support PC. You're not going to see day one releases on there. PlayStation console is still going to be the way to go, but that's how you make the big bucks is just opening yourself up. 
Um, and now I think they're aligned enough to do it. Where back in 2007 to 2011, it was really Sony coming to them and really pressuring them to like, all right, you need to support 3D TVs with Uncharted. Remember the Sly Cooper Thieves in Time? You need 3D. But now it's more Sony's got that that power and now uh, PlayStation, sorry, within Sony. I've got that power and now they can start leveraging that. We, you know, a few what months ago, we spoke about in Poland, PlayStation trialing the movie pass the thing movie, where they're yes. releasing some movies on PlayStation plus. And that's obviously a trial, but that's what they're starting to talk about. They're starting to look more beyond that, but don't expect, you know, we're, we're probably most likely, I would say 99% going to get a PlayStation six. And I'd say we'd still even get a PlayStation seven after that, before we even start looking at any of this. Yeah. Now, I think, like, for those of you at home who, uh, who are trying to find, you know, what's probably the best way to, to compare what PlayStation is doing, like, what, what's been a previous comparison, I think the best thing you've got to look at is something like Halo. So not only is it, you know, just a video game series, but there's comic books, there's the TV show, there's movie, like, there's a whole, there's whole other avenues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's whole avenues where they've been able to not just create Halo as just a game series, but Star Wars. It, it, there's a whole, it, yeah, exactly, and Star Wars and all that sort of stuff. But, like, it, there's a whole ecosystem around this one IP. And Gears of War has done it really well. Gears of War, they have, they have their comic books and all that sort of stuff. So Microsoft has kind of done that with their first-party IPs, and they've already got, like, an established base there. But Sony have real strength in their IPs. So if they do push down, obviously they are doing that, then they really have scope to be able to see what Microsoft's done and then go one better. Just so, do it right. Like, I think Uncharted's going to come out and not be the greatest film. My hope is with HBO's Last of Us, right? They've got the writer from Naughty Dog there, Neil Druckmann, he's kind of leading it. They've got some of the original actors returning that did the, the mocap. Yeah. For the, so that's going to be their real one. And I think that's going to be a success. I honestly do. I don't know about Uncharted, but it's just a shame. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm thinking a little bit different. I think Ghost of Tsushima. I think they could really hit that one home. They could. The game it's too was early to a, tell. We needed, yeah, way too early to tell. But that's just, oh, it's such a great IP if they Ooh, yeah. use it correctly. Yeah. But anyway, um, we'll keep going. There's a couple of more little facts. Um, so in this investor call, we also found out that the PlayStation Four had a market share of forty-five percent, and Sony plans to increase that to fifty percent for the PlayStation Five. Now, firstly, PlayStation Four having forty-five percent market share—that's huge. Like that that's a big chunk because we're talking not only PlayStation and Xbox, we're talking Nintendo as well. Yeah. Having 45% is o like nearly half overall out of the three different groups. Mm -hmm. So do we think that 50% is legitimately a thing? Josh, I'll go to you first. I think they'll definitely try. Like they got to remember PS4 launched during Wii U and Xbox One. Like it's not like the competitors were firing on all cylinders. So this is a stretch goal. It can be done. They have momentum. You know, all these rumors, and we're going to talk about some of them later. Like, I've never seen this many, like, this thing's PlayStation exclusive. This is PlayStation exclusive. Like, it's just they're building to really dominate in that sense. But I don't know. I think um, Switch is going to definitely eat into a lot of that. So, you know, it, it's achievable. Anything's achievable. They're already kind of there at 45%. Even to have that's big. Um, yeah. But you got to have, you got to get to aim for the stars, right? Gotta be in it to win it. Risk it for the exactly. biscuit. Risk it for the biscuit. Vinny, what do you think? Is 50% reasonable of, of total market share? I think considering the demand of the PS5 compared to the lack of demand for the Series X and Series S, 
considering how you know one is always sold out and it's purely like we talk about this in value for money uh xbox is way more valuable in terms of like what you can get for it in price but the demand and the marketing is just so well done by sony that the they are selling like their consoles are flying off the shelf because they people want them they're marketed well the games are good and i think it is achievable maybe no no i think it is because we always talk about how a nintendo console is someone's second console and never their first so even if they do buy a nintendo console they'll still need that that doesn't first. mean they're out yeah, yeah. I, get, exactly. I get that as well i get that as well but even still like even if you were to break it into thirds if you had 33 percent, well even say let's say 45 percent of people buying a you know a playstation 5 and then you might have 30 percent buying an xbox and the middle is just nintendo but then the people who are having an, a playstation 5 or an xbox series that what who have what percentage of those will also buy a switch is it a is it a Venn? What's is it a Venn diagram? It's the yeah. three circles and there's yeah, overlap. Yeah, Venn diagram. Yeah, it's going to be I, that, right? And they're going to be trying to encroach into that middle section. And I think they're very focused on Xbox, right? If if most yeah. Nintendo buyers are buying other consoles anyway, they're just going to be trying to really encroach on what Xbox are trying to do. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that kind of go like my opinion is I think forty five is very generous, um, considering. You know, obviously it was early days for the Switch, at least later in the, the cycle. And yeah, there was the Wii U, which great. Awesome. We uh, talked about 10th anniversary. <laughs> Everyone forgot about that. And the Xbox yeah. One was so poor early on. Um, and Halo Master Chief Collection and how that screwed, like that that launch was just horrific. That kind of just encapsulates the Xbox One as a console. Yeah. But Xbox is yeah, but Xbox is in a, a hell of a lot better position now, especially with Game Pass and the fact that the console, it just it, it's able to do things so smoothly. And then you got the PlayStation Five, which has these exclusives, which now like they're PlayStation exclusives. It's not really going to hurt it as much though. But the Switch is so powerful right now. It's and, it's, it's not powerful, but it's well, yeah, not a, not as a powerful console, but in terms of brand recognition, yeah, it's a yeah, powerhouse. Exactly. In terms of brand recognition and the library of games that it's got, the functionality that it has, and the fact that it, like we have no issues calling it a second console, mm. that that just that they don't basically, care either. Yeah, exactly. Well, basically, anybody who buys a PlayStation or an Xbox, you know, fifty percent of the time, they're more they're likely to buy a Switch as well, sort of yeah. thing. That's huge. And yeah. to that point, like. The market's going to dictate all this. This is just my personal thought, and I, I am a Game Pass subscriber. I enjoy it. And to Alnito's point, like with PlayStation, do that. It, I don't think that it's a, not a one size fit all kind of solution, right? Like, yeah. so I think a lot of people do have what they call kind of, uh, you know, like gamer paralysis. And I have that. I open up Game Pass, and I'm like, oh, too much, <laughs> too many yeah. options. I, I rather, like, I prefer, for me, the same thing with movies. I don't watch Netflix often unless it's a show I'm really in, right? I'd rather wait for a Marvel movie to, or a movie that I'm interested in or a game that's coming out that I'm interested in and buy it. If Game Pass was everything was coming, like, literally everything was coming to it, well, then that blow, you'd be yeah. you'd be done. PlayStation wouldn't be able to compete. But it's kind of like, you know, do you, do you want to go to a buffet where you you know you're walking around like oh my god do i have the ice cream for dinner and then have a steak for dessert like what what's going on or do i want to have a sit down dinner and order off a menu and get exactly what i asked for so everyone's trying different things right and nintendo aren't doing any of it and if if nintendo can succeed on the level that they are by 
basically making people pay full price for a uh, Skyward Sword port, right? And people are willing to do it. Well, that just shows that the market itself isn't there for Sony to go, all right, we need a Game Pass. They do not. Nintendo no. don't need it. Play, ever, I would love if they if they did it and everything that they made first party came to a service and I only had to pay it. I would transition to the whole digital ecosystem. I'd be there. Twenty like, bucks a year, sure. Take yeah. it. I'll, I'll play everything. But they don't need to do that. They don't clearly don't want to do that, and they know that buyers don't want that necessarily as well, right? Not yet. So, not although, yet. Although I think that a Switch version of Skyward Sword would be a hell of a lot better than a Wii version of Skyward Sword. So. Like I didn't play the Wii version because it like after like five minutes because it was terrible. So I'm keen for the Switch one. Uh, the Miyamoto, Miyamoto demo at E3 when the Wii Wiimote wasn't working. He's like, look at this, and it's like the cameras. Is yeah, panning. that that was yeah. hilarious. I gotta that's, that that's one of the cringe um, moments. <laughs> so we've got three more points from this investor call, and then and then we'll have our last question for, and then we'll do a summary. So. We also found out that a proportion of women among console ownership uh, has been increasing from 18% with the PlayStation 1 to 41% with PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5. I think we all are very well aware that it's not a boys club and it should yep. never be. Um, Uncharted 4 is seemingly coming to PC, which we spoke about uh, on our YouTube channel uh, last week. So if, you've, uh, if you haven't checked that out, go to Busy Playing Something on YouTube. You'll be able to find our little discussion about Uncharted and a couple of other things uh, with PlayStation and PC. Uh, we went a little bit in depth there. And also the last point, which goes to um, what El Nido was saying earlier about Sony having their own Game Pass. Uh, so PlayStation Now has 3.2 million paid subscribers. Woo! which is up from 1.8 million in 2019. Now, do we think that it's too early for PlayStation Now to be judged or is it not? It's just not working. Vinny, looking at those numbers. It's not working. It's just, it's, if they're, they're, they're not in it for the long game, they want the short, they, I assume Sony wants their short game increase. It's just not working as much as what they'd hoped. Um, I mean, it not being accessible to all countries surely doesn't help. But yeah, that being said, it's clearly not working. Yeah, it looks like they're they're putting all their eggs into the PlayStation Plus uh, yeah. basket and not the PlayStation Now. They Josh, should definitely would you, just yeah, sorry, put more, put the yeah PlayStation Now eggs into the PlayStation Plus basket. Yeah, That's what and they kind of do. merge it all together. Josh, yeah. is that what you reckon they should do? Uh, yeah, um, it's funny. I'm going to say the opposite and say it's still too early to tell, even though it's the longest service on the market. And it's purely based on Sony haven't invested anything in it. Like, they brought Gaikai in, like, early teens, right? And they, they were ahead of the game and they had a streaming service. It's not available in most countries across the world. Um, they have been... They lowered the price in 2019, and that's why we saw that jump. They added in... You know, recently added in Avengers. There's talks that Miles Morales was going to go in, God of War, in and out Uncharted. So they are testing the waters, but it's kind of like that's not their play yet. I am a strong believer, and I've said this on the show from the start, that we will see a revamp of PlayStation Now that launches worldwide that will offer... If they can get the streaming and uh, downloading thing sorted, because currently you can only download PS4 and PS2 games. You have to stream everything else because yep. the PS3, you know, sell architecture, all that fun stuff. If they can get that sorted, relaunch and and do it as a legacy thing, I would be in in a heartbeat. If they 
I don't even care if it's not even day one launches of the new stuff. If they had, if I could go back and play Sly Cooper in Thieves in Time or the Ratchet and Clank collection for PS3 or Resistance, yeah. which still can't play on on current gen hardware, I, I would pay for that subscription service in a heartbeat. So that's that's what they need to do. I think it's too early to tell. Not based on time, based on Sony's lack of supporting, giving a shit about it. Yeah, at all. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> all right, but. Well, basically, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. There's there's a lot of information from this investor call, and we love investor calls because you really get to see not only, like, the statistics from in-house, but you kind of see the direction that these companies are going. And Sony's usually been pretty open with these calls because, you know, they give you the statistics of what's working, what's not working, and then what their plans are for the future because, obviously, if you're an investor, you want to return on your investment. So there's no point in lying to these guys and, this is the best information that you'll get. Um, now, before we get to the, our next section, we've got a quick comment in the chat. So uh, Vincent called Josh the face of BPS a while back. So if he's the face, what does that make Vinny and I? I'm, I'm the ears. I just listen. I guess I'm the mouth. There I don't you know. Go. Yeah. There we go. Done. Yeah. Easy. Um, okay. So now we're going to get into some bite-sized topics. So these are going to be nice and quick, uh, hopefully. Uh, they're not obviously as in-depth as what we've done. And I think Josh has just seen that I've spelt bite differently. Uh, mm. So <laughs> our first one. Sorry? Gigabyte. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> um, so the first one is a rumor. Uh, now, so there is a rumor at the moment that Sony has acquired Housemark. Now, Housemark was the company who made Returnal, uh, obviously, which has been a success for the PlayStation Five. Now, in a Portuguese interview, head, <laughs> yeah, right, because um, so basically, uh, Brazilian company uh, Diorama Studio they were helping um, Housemark with Returnal and and the development and that sort of There's stuff. So in this studio. interview, we. Yeah, exactly. And so within this Portuguese interview, um, the head of Diorama Studios couldn't really talk too much about Returnal and, and the goings-on behind it because Housemark was under Sony's umbrella and that would, they would be uh, breaking uh, the... What's the... NDA. Uh, what's the name? NDA, NDA, yeah. Non-disclosure agreement. So they would have been breaking non-disclosure agreement by talking about like the development of Returnal. So obviously that's why we're saying that this is a rumour. Now, I guess the big question about this one is, did we see this coming? I'm a firm believer of yes, yeah. because I think I think Sony giving, well, PlayStation, technically, uh, giving Housemark the facilities and the support teams and the investment mon money and all that sort of stuff uh, in order to create another title, I think will work wonders for this indie team, which have, they're only a small team, but they've done really well uh, on Returnal. Now, Josh, you're nodding your head. I think you agree with me. I love Returnal. Yeah, hundred percent. It's such a. When I saw this rumor, I even when I put it in our chat, I said, "This is all right." It's clearly a rumor. Like they can't talk about it because they're under Sony's umbrella. Well, they are right because it was a PlayStation Studios game. So that's that's the umbrella. Has, has Sony purchased Housemark? No, not currently, because we would hear about it. But I think it's definitely something that. I think should happen. I think Housemark have been aligned with PlayStation since Super Stardust. Like it's been a long thing. Resogun was a launch game. Like they've always been with PlayStation. So I could see it happening. I don't believe the rumor currently. Um, and the umbrella thing is PlayStation Studios. Yeah. Now, Vinny, 
Have you played Returnal? Nope. Yeah, it's applied. No. Are you, are you going to get Returnal? Are yeah, you interested in Returnal? Yeah, I, I am interested. I will find it if I can find a cheap enough copy. Then Third yes. person action shooter. Third person Hades, yeah. I'm down. Roguelite. Yeah, down for it. Yeah, so, so uh, I'd recommend playing Returnal, Vinny. And uh, for anybody else who has a PlayStation 5, uh, you know, all uh, 7.8 million of you, uh, get a copy, play it. You'll love it. Um, we'll go to our next one. Microsoft and Bethesda have announced uh, their conference date. So they're doing a show together uh, during uh, E3. So reportedly, there's going to be five new AAA uh, games and a new IP that will, quote, blow your mind. Love this stuff. I love this stuff. This is just like... This is the man, bar is up here and it's going to yeah. be delivered down here. Phil uh, Spencer's God. like, we're, we're announcing games and everyone takes it. It's like, oh my God, everybody, they're going to announce a game. Yes, of course. All right. Anyway, so they're, they're, um, their conference is going to be on the 14th of June at 3 a.m. local time for Australia. So Australian Eastern Standard Time. So 3 a.m. 14th of June. It's a long weekend, isn't it? Isn't that... Yes, Ooh, Queen's birthday the, long weekend. That's the Monday of yes. Queen's... Oh yeah, yeah we we got to do it. It's a day off. Let's all so, waking up. Now, I guess the key question, and Vinny, I'm going to ask you first: How important is it for Xbox to get this E3 right? They're announcing five new. They're saying there's going to be five new AAA games. We're assuming that most of those are going to be sequels of already established franchises, and one new IP that will blow your mind. How important is it? I mean, for Xbox to get this right. It's important to do it every E3, but like every time I think of Microsoft at E3, I don't think of their highs. I think of their lows. I think of the Xbox One. Um, so them, you know, I'd like to have that memory replaced when I think of Xbox or Microsoft. I think of maybe E3 2021. Maybe that's going to be like a nice memory, you know? Ooh. So it it's, sounds like a strong yes. It, they need to get it right. Yeah, they need. De they definitely need to get it right. If 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 they flounder this one. Yeah, it's with what they say they have, which is five new AAA games and a new IP, and they butcher it, there's no hope. This is probably going to be your strongest E3 showing in like the last eight years. So yeah, scale bounds coming back, boys. Uh, Josh, <laughs> what, what do you, you reckon, so? You agree? I think, yeah, this is definitely super important. Uh, we've spoken about since we were working in retail that the, the games are coming, the exclusives are coming, they're coming, they're coming. And um, interesting, right? Like they, they've announced this conference 90 minutes. So they've got 90 minutes to do all of the Bethesda stuff and all of the Xbox stuff. We know Halo and Starfield are going to be a big part of that. So it's not really leaving a lot of time for A lot of teaser much. trailers. So it's going to be bang, yeah. bang, bang, bang. And that's what I'm worried about because they've done this... Like I, I'm really rooting for Xbox in in this conference because they've they've tried like they did that May event where we got Assassin's Creed gameplay reveal. Remember that? That was like we got a 10 second trailer and we we're like, wait, that was it? And they caught that was a big thing. And then the Halo thing went down the toilet. So I'm really hoping they can pull this together. Um, they've got some exciting things like they've got Halo, they've got Starfield, they've got the backing of Bethesda. Uh, but yeah, it'd be super interesting of what they can cram in 90 minutes. I think there'll be a strong show. But I wouldn't expect this one to be the show to blow everyone's mind because I think games like Fabled and Perfect Dark um, are just not close enough to really show. So they yeah. still are going to rely a lot, I think, on Bethesda to, to kind of keep them afloat. And, and of course, Halo. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's super important that they nail this one. Yeah, I, like 
I think for any Xbox Series owners, like such as myself, at the moment, it's actually a really good time to be an Xbox fan because like we may not be getting the AAA titles at the moment, but everything else seems to be clicking. They're saying the right things. They're doing the right things. When they make a mistake, they're fixing it quickly. Like Xbox has been on the front foot for a lot of these sorts of things. And so I feel like it's about time where they can have an E3 conference and just come out of it the other side and be proud of it. And mm. everybody talks about how much they want a PlayStation right now because of their exclusives or whatever. The, the console looks great and, and all that sort of stuff. I think Xbox well, needs this to just do really well because the console isn't going to sell itself. Yeah. You, you, and you want, it's kind of like, it's really like we're rooting for them. It's like you, you put in the hard work. Don't stumble at this point. Like, just come you on. You want the I, underdog I want to win. To. I, want an, I love an underdog story, even though they're mm, a yeah. billion trillion company. Yeah, but in reputation wise, I think they're definitely the underdog. And yeah. competition breeds perfection. Yes. I mm. I want to see an improvement and I think this is the show for Xbox. They have to do well. Jesus Christ, if they don't. Anyway, we'll <laughs> move on to the next one. Um uh, if anybody else in the in the uh in the chat watching live, if you have any questions or comments about any of these points, feel free to put them in. We'll read them out at the end. Uh now Nintendo Direct has been announced for E3. So this will be Nintendo's E3 conference. Uh, it's roughly going to be 40 minutes of info focused exclusively on Switch software, software. which is the key point. Uh, mostly releasing in 2021, followed by around three hours of gameplay on Nintendo Treehouse Live. Uh, so that's going to be... coming in green. Yeah, uh, so that's going to be happening on the 16th of June. Uh, at 2 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. So this is another early one. And I think the 16th of June, I'll just have a Wednesday. quick look. That's on the Wednesday morning. Yeah, no. yeah I'm sleeping into that one. Yeah. Morning. Now, the key thing that I want to point out here, and besides my prediction of gameplay footage for, uh, well, gameplay of uh, Breath of the Wild 2, there's no mention of hardware. Now, there have been rumors going on at the moment about. Uh, the new Switch being announced even as soon as this week, yeah. as in day tomorrow, like tonight. Right uh, now. As of, as oh, of we missed it. Yeah, as of, as of recording. Yeah, uh, quick, check the news, Josh. I'm going to check Twitter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, check Twitter. Anyway, so there's been talk about the new Switch being announced basically around now. Do we think that it's we're going to get this hardware information before the conference or after E3? Now, my two cents is I think if Nintendo plays this smart, which we know they're dumb, but if they play it smart, we'll get it beforehand because I have a feeling that some of the games that they're showing need to specifically say that they will do certain things on the new Switch, whatever that is, whether it's new capabilities or it runs better or whatever. And I think because of that, and that's, and we've been seeing a little bit of, uh, of traction on that in Twitter and all that sort of stuff. So I have a feeling that they're actually going to announce it before E3. Mm. That's what that's what I'm leaning towards. Vinny, do you reckon they'll announce it before E3, or do you think we're getting our hopes too high? It'll be after. I think it'll be after E3, but I also just hate the fact that the leaks have confirmed that it's called. Well, the leaks are says leaks says yeah. that uh, they are leaks but the title of the console is being listed on Amazon as the new Nintendo Switch Pro. 
Yeah, you couldn't I don't, call it. I don't think that will. I don't think it'll be called Pro still because oh. they have a Pro controller, and I think that'll confuse people. It hasn't stopped them. It has it, not that, stopped that, them before. That means nothing. <laughs> Why is Nintendo so freaking dumb? Anyway, <laughs> so you reckon after, Vinny? I think after because they have so much more gas left in the tank for the Switch. Yeah. yeah. But like, the issue with that is what if there's games getting announced at E3 that isn't a Nintendo game that is coming to this new console? They're going to want that on the end of their trailer, right? Yeah. Coming to PS5, Series X, and Switch yeah. Pro. That's that's probably why they'll be forced to announce it early, just so they it. can have that. They might yeah, just even ahead. accidentally not announce it and then have that at the end of the trailer and then just accidentally People leak like, it like that. Like, what? What's the Switch Pro? So, Josh, do you reckon they're going to announce it before E3? Or do you think it'll... Because they, they say it's 40 minutes of Switch software. There's no mention of hardware. Do you think it's going to happen before E3? I think they have to. If if this thing is 4K capable and there is games coming out by Ubisoft and everyone else that can come out Ubisoft. on this console... Ubisoft. It's a U. Um, <laughs> Ubi. We got corrected um, on that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, well, on. I don't believe. I don't believe him. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, if, if there's games being announced that are coming to the console, they need to have it announced. That's that's the tricky thing, right? They they're gonna want that market because they could be part of an EA conference without actually being there. Purely by the next game they announce is coming to it. So, yeah, that is leading to me to think that they have to announce early just to get that out. Don't even need to show it. Just announce the name of the console. Right, and we'll have more news later in the year. They'll do the Sony thing. Yeah, and then that way E3 trailers can run and they can talk about it freely. Okay. But, yeah, I think we're all kind of like... There's differing opinions here, but it's going to be interesting to see what Nintendo do because, really, they're in a a super impressive position right now and they, they don't have to get this right, necessarily. Everybody knows about a new Switch coming and all that sort of stuff, but it's the way that they announce it on their terms is going to be the interesting take from that. Uh, Now, lastly, we have a rumor that there is going to be a Square Enix and Bluepoint collaboration. Now, this is part of... Now, this is going to be part of a major PlayStation event taking place on the 28th of June. It will have all of the major developers... It will have everyone there. Uh, so Guerrilla Games and all that sort of stuff. They've all got uh, Santa Monica. They're all going to be there. And this is going to be an event focusing on major titles, the PlayStation VR 2, and a whole lot more. So 28th of June is the rumoured date. Do we think that... Because at the moment, we haven't heard anything about PlayStation having a conference at E3. Do we think that PlayStation is going to say, screw you guys, we're going to have our own party with hookers and blackjack and we're going to do it at the end of the month after everyone else has had their little fun and we're going to knock it out of the park and have our own conference after the fact. Vinny. Yes. So good. And I, I think my theory on the game Price is... is cool. No. Oh. <laughs> Next year is the 20th anniversary of Kingdom Hearts. No, so don't remake. Oh, don't yes. remake number one. Oh no! I like that. That's that's. I my... think that I think that's great. They Kingdom Hearts three was screwed. Yeah, oh. they'll remake one, and they'll remake one and have it not suck. 
Square Enix and Bluepoint collaboration on Kingdom Hearts. That's you've heard it here first, probably. Josh, do you think that this is going to be PlayStation's E3 conference? I think Sony will have another event. It's interesting in that rumor they called it the PlayStation Experiences, which is something PlayStation used to do as an in-person event at the end of the year, which they haven't done in like two, three years. I I do think they will host a press conference. I do think it'll be after E3. This Blue Point thing's interesting. Like Blue Point just released Demon Souls, but they have been rumored to be working on multiple titles. But the rumors have all suggested they're working on a Konami title, like they're working on like Castlevania or or something along those lines. Like this is yeah. new. If it is true, right? Like Sony, uh, Square Enix are milking the Final Fantasy teat like yeah from everyone and in this game could be very early on maybe it is another remake right like maybe it's maybe it is crisis core or like you know mm. uh, well, my, th- my theory would <laughs> yeah, be go. either kingdom hearts or final fantasy 10 because final fantasy 10 is one of the most popular final fantasy games i think behind mm. seven and having that they've released it on multiple consoles multiple times with the hd collections psp ps3 ps4 switch so you think they could get away with launching like people i don't know now if if people who aren't final fantasy 10 fans hear another final fantasy remake and then they buy it and it turns out to just be a turn-based rpg you think that would still cut it today no that's why i think that's that's why my initial theory that's Mm. why my initial theory is kingdom hearts because it's it's um, action. Mm. All right. I'm going to go one further. Go. Now, last week, Josh and I spoke about how uh, Team Ninja thinking. is working uh, with Square Enix on Final Fantasy Origins, which is uh, meant, to, meant to be in the same timeline as the first Final Fantasy. I think so it much. could be... This could be the start of a new Final Fantasy final like collection... Jesus. Or they're starting the timeline again, or they're starting the the universe of Final Fantasy again. This could be a Square Enix and Blue Point collaboration, making an updated version of Final Fantasy One. That'd be good. That'd be with good. the side with Origins as well as a complementary side game to kick off going through one, two, three, etc., and remaking them to the modern day. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Final Fantasy XV, Final Fantasy XVI sort of formula that people are starting to really get involved in, to taking these turn-based games, making them all action-adventure games. Not only are you bringing in new people to Final Fantasy, but because Final Fantasy is on such a high now compared to any time previously, yeah, why not go through your catalogue of games starting with the first and work your way through? What if- That's what I think. I'll raise you one more. What if they go back to the Tomb Raider well and remake the original Tomb Raider for PS1? Oh, Crystal Dynamics Final part Fantasy. of Square Enix. Yeah. Well, we've and had the, the um, of Tomb Raiders kind of done now. They seem they, they. I think they're done. Think yeah, they're done. done. They're done. That that story's so done. Why not go back to old school Lara Croft? We've got so many options, boys. So many thoughts. Such little time. Uh, we're going to move on to the next part, all right? We'll, we'll, we'll leave that one hanging over everybody's head. Mm-hmm. Um, now, 
Firstly, I want to go through, uh, because it is the start of the month, so I want to go through the Games with Gold and the PlayStation Plus free games, because I think that might be something uh, that we could do. And then uh, we'll get to the chat, because there's a question there which I think will would be good to end the show on. So firstly, Games with Gold. So for the month of uh, June, and obviously we have our first half and second half games and all that sort of stuff, and you can find out through uh, your Xbox. Basically, the games are The King's Bird, Shadow's Awakening, Neo Geo Battle Coliseum, and Injustice Gods Among Us. Now, we'll do a quick roundtable. What's everyone's picks of those games? Vinny? Uh, Injustice. Yep. Straight up fighting game. Yep. Mm. And Josh, Injustice as well. So out of those four games... Both of you chose Injustice as your pick of the games with gold. We'll, we'll quickly go through it. Um, I'm going to say the King's Bird because it looks like N+, except you have the ability to also turn into a bird and like do dives and stuff. So I think that's a really cool 2D platformer. Cool. We'll go to the PlayStation Plus games. We have Operation Tango, which is the PlayStation 5 game, Star Wars Squadrons, and Virtual Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown. Now, what is our pick of those three games? Vinny. I've seen um, uh, one of my f- favorite streams, Maximilian, is playing a lot of oh. Virtual Fighter Five. Yeah. I love so, it. He's so good. Yeah. So I think uh, Virtual Fighter Five for me. I do know you're a Star Wars Squadrons fan, Sean, so I think it's probably what you would go with. Well, like, I've got, okay, so I bought the game on PC and it's available through EA Play, which is on Game Pass. So I've already got multiple copies of that. So out of the others, I'm actually interested to see what Operation Tango is about. Okay. As a PS5 game that I know nothing about. Uh, Josh? For me, uh, I think I think both Star Wars and Virtual Fighter are the big ones. Virtual Fighter 5 Remake is launching day and date, so it's a new release. So, again, add it to your library. Even if you don't plan to play it, just have it there so you can download it whenever you want. But I think that's a good one. I'll probably try that out. Squadrons was well-received and well-liked. So that's another big game coming um, Operation Tango, I believe, is like a cop spy thriller. Yep. Launched a while back. That's an that's an older game. Um, but yeah, I think the lineup this month's pretty strong. That's yeah, right. Well, maybe strong. one of you guys can hop on your PS5 and we'll play Operation Tango together or something. Maybe. Uh, and the final uh, question that we're going to end the show on. So we are in June. We are before E3, which I think is a great time to ask the question. And this could probably be a quick one. What's our game of the year so far? Josh. Returnal. Vinny? Uh, my, I've actually, I actually haven't even played a game that came out this year. So mine's actually going to be Russian Clank when it comes out because I know. I know for a fact <laughs> I'm going to enjoy that game. That's what happened to the internet. Vinny just traveled to the future, played it, came back. And, and here he's we just are. like, yeah, guys, <laughs> this game is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> this is the shit. All right. Well, I also agree with you, Josh. I think Returnal at the moment has it. Um, but we've got a large uh, group of games that are possibly coming later this year. We will find out in due course over the next couple of weeks with E3. So for those of you at home, we will have content av- available on our YouTube. Uh, check our Twitter and our Facebook to follow us at Busy Playing Something. You can check our our Twitter handles as well on uh, the screen. So you can see at Holy Deprawn, we've got at Joshua LaRosa and at Vinny Chenz. So you'll follow the Twitters and we, we do tweet occasionally. But um, E3 is upon us next week and we'll be doing a big preview show uh, to get really into the spirit of it. 
Uh, we've done a, a fair amount of predictions. We'll see if there's anything that's already come and gone, but uh, we'll kind of summarize what we expect to see, what we'd like to see, and our, I guess our far-reaching uh, wishes, and hopefully uh, Nintendo will get that shit right and just give us the Zelda games that we want give and Metroid. Splinter Cell, for the love of God. Just yeah, it's not happening. Do uh, it. So anyway, <laughs> so make sure you follow us on uh, Twitch as well. And I think that's everything. So, Vinny, I'm going to get you to sign us out. May the power protect you. Peter, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Oh, it's all perfectly legal. Oh, my God. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? Behold my greatest creation, Mac.